This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Chicago may be known for being built next to one of the largest freshwater lakes in the world, but the city is also home to a river that connects us all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. Of course, we're talking about the Chicago River. Unfortunately, it hasn't always been as beloved as our Lake Michigan. The Chicago River was once so polluted with waste from Chicago's meatpacking industry that parts of the river on the southwest side earned the name Bubbly Creek. But that's changed, thanks in large part to stewardship and conservation efforts. And this coming weekend marks the 30th anniversary of Chicago River Day, which brings together thousands of volunteers who are rolling up their sleeves and cleaning up the river. Here to tell us more is Margaret Frisbee, Executive Director of Friends of the Chicago River. Welcome back, Margaret. Thank you so much for having me. Also with us is Karen Weigert, Director of Loyola University Chicago's Baumhart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility. And she's also Reset Sustainability Contributor. Hey, Karen. Hey, Sasha. So what is it that you love about the river, Karen? I, you know, when I think about the river, I love the sense of curiosity. Whenever I see it, I never know what I'm going to find. I might find a person on a kayak. I might find a bird. Uh, and it's always sneaking between big buildings, small buildings, and industrial areas. Yeah. I think the other thing I love is it's so connected to Chicago's history um, and to what our neighborhoods are today. Yeah, after taking a tour of it last summer when, when I first got here to Chicago, I definitely have much more of an appreciation for the river, for sure. How about you, Margaret? Well, you know, I love the river. Obviously, I've dedicated pretty much my life to it. And what I love is the surprise of the river. You know, I mean, as Karen points out, maybe you're going to see some birds and some people in kayaks. But there's so many places that are, you know, forest preserves and river edge parks that are really wild and wonderful. And I just love how people figure that out and get so excited about being help of the, helping with the river's recovery. Well, when you think back, Margaret, how would you say the river and, and people's perceptions of it has changed in these 30 years that you've been doing this event? Well, you know, when I first started at Friends and certainly when this event started, um, in fact, the event was even called Chicago River Rescue Day because it really needed to be rescued. Oh, That's wow. what people's perception was, yeah. And over the years, I think what has changed is that people now see the river as an asset, a wonderful place to go. Uh, you know, it's full of wildlife and, you know, people in kayaks and riverfront cafes. And it's now a place that needs to, it needs our help. And I think that's a really major cultural change from what we had before. The river has come a long way from its super polluted era, as you mentioned. It's much cleaner, I guess we can say, than it was 50 years ago. But it, it does still face some risks. So can you just remind listeners what the major pollutants are to the river these days? Sure. Um, so on, a, on an average day, the ambient water quality is actually really good. There's been a lot of really good policy moves. The Water Reclamation District, who manages stormwater and sewage for Cook County, has done a good job building infrastructure to really improve the water quality. And on a daily basis, the, their water quality monitors are showing that the water, the water in the river is clean enough to swim in. However, that said, we still have issues with the occasional combined sewer overflow, stormwater runoff pollution. So that's when it rains. Anything that's on the street washes off into the river. And they call that the first flush because it could be considered as, as toxic as, as sewage. And then, of course, we have the climate crisis, which is one of the things that really is driving rainstorms here. And that causes bigger problems with both sewage and stormwater. So those are, for water quality, those are, you know, issues that we're still really facing and wrestling with. So industry is no longer dumping waste into the river? 
Well, you know, all the waste is permitted. So anything that goes into the river is being examined. There's permits that are issued by Illinois EPA or the MWRD or, you know, there, so it's not to say that there's nothing going into the river, but what's going in there is not what used to go in there. And this industry isn't really the problem with water quality these days. It's really stormwater runoff is the number one source of water pollution in the United States, according to EPA. Describe what overflow is and why it's a danger to the river and how you're raising public awareness of that issue? Sure, absolutely. So when our sewer system is overwhelmed, we have we could end up with a combined sewer overflow. And what that means is that our stormwater and our sewers are the same system. So, And that's not true for the entire Chicago Calumet River watershed. However, it is true in the older parts, of, in the entirety of the city and um, most of Cook County, but not all. So basically, we just get overwhelmed, and then we end up with sewage in the river, and we all, you know, we've known since the times of the Romans that sewage is not good for people. Yeah. So people can change their behavior to be more in sync with the needs of the river when it's raining, for instance, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of things you can do. And in fact, Friends started a project called Overflow Action Days, and we're now partnering with the Water Reclamation District to bring awareness about how we can be uh, stop putting water in the system before, during, and after heavy rainstorms, which reduces the burden on the sewer system and actually can prevent the possibility of a combined sewer overflow. Karen, how has the the city supported the efforts of river conservation? You know, as Margaret's been mentioning, everybody actually has a role in river conservation, and the city is certainly a critical one. But from the federal government to MWRD to nonprofit partners, residents, developers, we all have an opportunity and have together combined to improve the health of the river. A couple things for the city that jumped to mind are the general health of the river in terms of trying to keep that stormwater out. And one of the ways to do that has been the city building some more green infrastructure around the city. And I think of a couple other ways. You know, one is how do we think about new development? So the city has Chicago River Design Guidelines are adopted by the Plan Commission, and they really have some structure then around what you can put on the edge of the river. But I think probably the one thing that always jumps to mind for me is access. You know, one thing the city can do is bring people close to the river so we all have that opportunity to experience it uh, and then to care about it and then to have it be part of our daily lives. And actually, just recently, they announced uh, a trail and corridor plan that actually included specific investment plans for new ways to bring people close to the river. So mm-hmm. I think access is a key part for all of us. Right. And as we know, development along the river is increasingly popular And Bally's, the city casino that was just announced, is going to be built along the river as well. So what do you want the city and developers to keep in mind as this project moves forward, Margaret? Well, I think that, well, first of all, we want, if there's going to be a casino along the river, we would like it to be the greenest casino in the world. And part of that would be is recognizing the value of the Chicago River system as a natural resource. A lot of places, you know, if you think about downtown, it's more like a water feature, right? It's pretty, it sparkles, but it could be a fountain. And, in fact, it's home to beavers and muskrats and turtles and fish and state endangered black crowned night herons. And so to us, the key is that it's really celebrated as a natural resource and that we remember it's also a public asset, too. And so there needs to be a large amount of public open space that welcomes wildlife and welcomes people and not just the people going to the casino itself. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you are just tuning in, as part of our weekly sustainability series, we're talking about efforts to conserve and steward the great Chicago River. And we're discussing that with Margaret Frisbee, who's executive director of Friends of the Chicago River, and Karen Weigert, former chief sustainability officer for the city of Chicago. 
Karen, how are climate change-induced heavy storms putting a strain on, on the uh, Metropolitan Water Reclamation District's ability to treat water? Yeah, those big storms really bring so much water in such a short period of time that the water doesn't have any place to go. And as we think about climate change, we do expect to see wetter springs. I think we've, we're probably seeing an example of that this year. At least it fits the pattern. Right. But it's those bigger storm events within there um, and even the medium storm events that really cause these challenges because the water runs out of places. It fills up the underground pipes. As Margaret's talked about, it's a combined sewer system. So those pipes aren't just storm water. That's sewage in there. And when it was originally built, a lot of those would outflow into the river, and that still exists. So those big days, there's just not enough capacity for the river for the water to be held. Even with the new deep tunnel systems that are coming on that are reservoirs, there's no place for the water to go. And so it increasingly ends up mixed together and in the river. Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, lots of rain lately. Is this normal for this time of year, with the river's levels being this high, too? Yeah, absolutely. So of the last four years, not counting this year, uh, 2021 was a drought, but the three years uh, before that was actually the three wettest Mays on record. And we don't know what's going to happen this year, but we know that April was wetter than average. And so it is changing, and that's something that we have to accommodate for. Well, Margaret, tell us more about how you're connecting people to the river and, and what you think folks can gain by being connected. So, you know, Karen pointed out that people access to the river gives people an understanding of it by getting up close. And we really think that the more that you interact with the river, whether it's through volunteer programs, through our Bridge House Museum, through Chicago River Day, those, those are ways to really start to see the value of the river. You might get a surprise, back to the surprises, about running into a fox or migratory birds, but also just the pageantry and beauty of the boats and the buildings. I mean, the river is to be celebrated, and it's 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 a foreground and a backdrop, if that makes any sense, right? Wow. It's, it provides us this wonderful way to see the city. But then again, it's a place to really go and, and ponder and, and look at and start to absorb what natural resources can be like in an urban setting. Karen, there's um, some evidence to suggest that there are long-term positive effects of volunteering, right? Yeah, and I was intrigued looking at a study recently and looking at a summary about Earth Day. So we all know the first Earth Day was 1970, and it's estimated that 20 million Americans turned out on that day for a single day of volunteering. And some of the activities were cleaning up local rivers all around the country. And so there was a study out of Notre Dame that looked at what that meant. And they actually found that a couple of decades later, the places where the weather was good, meaning a lot of people participated, Mm -hmm. had stronger pro-environment views and healthier air than the places where it rained and fewer people participated. Wow, that is actually very interesting. Well, you know, folks listening will want to learn more about Chicago River Day. So where can they go, Margaret? So they should go to our website at chicagoriver.org, and you can click straight through, see where there's a map, so you can figure out there are 77 locations this year. So talking about volunteers and people want to come out and help, that's a record number. And we've had 68,000 volunteers since we started this event in 1992, and we wow. hope that a lot of people will join us this year and, and shatter all the previous records. That's amazing. Uh, you know, on this 30th anniversary, Margaret, as we think ahead another 30 years, what do you envision? Well, you know, we see the river as a blue-green corridor of connected natural open space. And so it's riverfront parks and preserves, 
you know, connected areas for wildlife, you know, it's basically rethinking what the riverfront looks like in adjacent lands so that we're in a sustainable, healthy place full of nature, full of life, which improves public health, public wellness, and makes us more resilient as a society. What are your thoughts, Karen? I'll give you the last word. I love what Margaret's saying, and I think about the city's motto being city in a garden. I think there might be a little competition from the water. That is Reset Sustainability contributor Karen Weigert and Margaret Frisbee, executive director of Friends of the Chicago River. Thank you both. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.